You are now checked in to Stand Up New York Labs. Oh, yeah. All right, my people. Ho, ho, ho. I hope the holidays are going good for you. Let's discuss a couple things. So we recorded this episode Monday, December 15th. I'm out of town. Since then, a lot has happened that we need we need to discuss. This episode's about the NYPD, Eric Garner, Ferguson. We have a cop, former detective of the NYPD, Mark DeMeo. Him and John Laster have a heated discussion, but it's a discussion, which is what we should be doing, my people. We really should. We have to listen to both sides. Um, both sides have a lot of valid points, and we need to listen. And this was recorded before the tragedy in Brooklyn, and we want to send our love to the families of the officers that were slain. And we need to really start figuring this out. Let's just be real. And hopefully the discussion is good for you. And in the meantime, I have found out via Facebook, because I can't get a hold of him, um, John Laster had a fire in his building. And he needs your help, my people. Uh, he's done a lot of good things for you guys, being uh, a third mic for us. And I'm the unofficial third member of the, of the podcast, let's be honest. So go go to a... Help him out, man. Go to GoFund. GoFundMe page. And we're going to link it, I believe, at the end here. And uh, whatever you can donate. I know times are tough. It's the holidays. If you can give a couple bucks, it'll be much appreciated. Uh, he doesn't even know I'm doing this. He'll probably yell at me for doing this on the top of the podcast. But whatever. These are things that need to be known. We have to take care of our own. So if you can help out last, they're awesome. Hope you enjoy the show. And um, let's cut this violence out. On both sides, okay? Can we just be good people, man? And let people enjoy holidays with their families? Take care. Thanks, babies. Lust for Life. You're listening to Lust for Life with James L. Mattern and Benji Suswine. And these are back in the days where, like, spending a dollar on a cup of coffee. It's like spending $400 like on a PlayStation. You know what I'm saying? No. Mine on the either. <laughs> All right, everybody. This is America's number one podcast. I don't know why I said it like that. Uh, number one podcast voted on by Canadians. They're still voting. It's huge. Worshipped by Kiwis. Mm. Kenyans run. Delicious. They run for us. That's why they run so fast, because I want to get back and listen to this podcast. Antarctica is down with it. All eight people, all 155,000 penguins, and the monster that Kurt Russell was fighting in the thing. All right, so that's enough of that. All right, I'm James L. Mattern. This is a podcast about being left to the dial, being who you is. I'm staring across from my dude. I mean, he is the hand of the king. He is the right hand. He has a good head of hair. He is the great Benji Suswan, a.k.a. Ace Sweet 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 Wine, baby. Thanks for having me. Wow. My family just complimented my, my beard. You have a good beard. Haven't seen them in, like, Two and a half weeks, maybe three weeks. So it really came in thick right then. Like, what the fuck happened to you? Beard is looking spectacular. It's hair is looking spectacular. Nice. I need to get trimmed up for the holidays. I'm looking Ooh. all. I'm looking. I like rough. it not trimmed. What's Good that? thing we're doing visuals. We visual only do visual. On we're changing the rules here. You're saying I should not trim it? I was saying for me, I like that it just lo- let it come in as it comes in. Brother, you're looking classy. Thank you. You're looking like a million and a half with you, inflation. You need more slack? Nah, it's my. Uh, it's short in the uh, cord. Are you going to be okay with a short cord, my friend? You'll make it. Happen. No, the short in the cord. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, we're good. We're going to survive? Yeah. I go headphoneless. Yeah, that, but then you don't know what's going on. I know what's going on. Yeah, you're smart. 
<laughs> With us, of course, is one of the most legendary third mics ever. He's he is Jordan in '95. His number is hanging up in the rafters, retired, but he's come back to help Scotty and BJ make one more run. He is John Laster, baby, the great John Laster. Happy to be here, man. Happy to be here. Short court and all. That's it. And I saw you eight seconds ago last night at a gig. Yes. And um, it's like we haven't left, so it's wonderful. Uh, we have a wonderful guest coming, Mark DeMeo, former NYD policeman, dear friend, funny comedian. We're going to talk about all the craziness going on, okay, with all the insanity. Um, Mark has been, I don't want to say a lightning rod or nothing, but in the, the scene, but comedy, with the, you know, we had the town hall meeting at the right. Creek in the Cave. Mark was there, a lot of people airing out stuff. Some wild shit. So Mark's here. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait. John has a lot to say about John was on the town hall. Yes. Of course, last week's episode, we dig deep in this. Look, this is what's going on. This is what people are talking about, so we're going to talk about it. We'll do some bullshit right here. Of course. Because last week, we talked about the serious stuff, and before that 20 minutes on... Orcas, penguins, <laughs> and your last meal. Right. And that's a huge Steak deal. and beans. Steak and beans. That's a good way to go out, Mark. So let me just say this. Last night, I was at a party, for a comedy club party, all right, and another, and another club. I've never been to it before. I'm there. I have three rice balls because I'm trying to cut weight for the holidays. I'm mm. getting on a plane. As you're listening to this, I should be in Vegas eating a diet of cookies and dark beer. That should be my diet till Christmas Eve, and then I'm going to have all that good stuff. But that's my diet at Good. this point. So I'm cutting weight as we speak. But it's hard when you go to one of these parties. They don't give you the healthiest foods. No. When you no. go to like a comedy club holiday party, it's not like you're going to have sushi and scrimps and organic this and brown rice. No. Rice balls and some sausage and peppers is made from three weeks ago. Let's be quite blunt. So those are your options. So I eat three of those. <laughs> I'm going to have one drink. Yeah. Ends up being 37. Exactly. What are you going to do? Have a good time. Here's the beauty of the show. I just want to give a shout out. Um, they have a show. They start doing like a Christmas show in the middle of this. With an audience? The audience is all comics and their families and, st and the staff. And they're, at, they're like, do you want to go up? I'm like, this could be disastrous. Right. I'm going to sit in the back with our dear friends Jared Freed and Leah Bonima. That was my crew. And some people are going up and they're trying to do their act. Some people are, are riffing on people. Guys have jokes, but it's insane. Right, because everyone knows everyone's, you know, jokes and sets and whatever. But here's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Um, funny comedian Nori Davis goes up. He plugs his album. Yes. <laughs> he makes fun of some people, gives some huge laughs, and then goes into material about um, I can't breathe and stuff like He's basically doing six minutes of brand new material about basically the stuff we're going to be talking about. In a room full of comedians and staff and families, he's dropping F-bombs. There's babies running around. Stage time. You it was work the out. greatest thing ever. <laughs> I turned to Jared. I go, he's about to do new material and right. challenging material. Takes out his phone. How did it play? Oh, it tanked, but it was great. <laughs> no, it was fine, but it was like it wasn't getting what it should. <laughs> but it wasn't going to. It'd be like going into church and doing that. Well, it's it, and it's kind of like hosting one of those award shows. You ever see people host like the Emmys and the Oscars? It's brutal. And do real Comedians, stuff. Comedians and do brutal. real stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. brutal. I don't, I never understand why they take those gigs. You know what I mean? Because you're sitting there in front of people who are like, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Well, some people. Every time they bring a comedian for that, I just think that's brutal. For the most part. Now, what Chris Rock did at the VMAs those three years, delightful. I mean, one year though, like I think the first year he did it. 
it was one of those things where he's not getting great reactions from the crowd, but then you keep rewatching it because that's when the MTV would just replay it a million times, and mm. you go, "These are some of the funniest insults I've ever heard in my life," <laughs> and it's amazing. But they're not laughing though. No, I mean, the crowd is sitting right. there. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, they're not there just to laugh at the guy. They're just where they're to accept their award. Right. They're like, let's get on with right. this. I want, I want my, you know what I mean. But they usually have c comedians host these. That's like That's a what big I mean. Super Bowl for comedians. That's what right. I mean. And for the most part, yes, you don't get much laughs. Uh. Ricky Gervais got a lot of shit for just roasting everyone. Yeah. But they Good keep bringing him. them back. But they bring them back because the, the, the TV liked it. The well, I also think they probably bring them back because a lot of the names that they would have moved on to won't do it. Uh, maybe. It you know also draws I mean? ratings because it's nice to see these people get humbled. Let's mm -hmm. be real right now. It's, it's true. It's good to turn on. I think, yeah, I think the people at home like it. Yeah, man. These millionaires, and then they cry about it, and then the next year it's like, yeah, Ricky, go get him again. Right. The guy's crying about getting insulted. He just got $32 million yeah. for being in some film that's playing in three theaters in Manhattan. <laughs> <laughs> Can't be mad about that. Can't be mad about that. And then sometimes, because of this, right, because comedians don't pop as much, right, right with, with their material, then they think they can book someone who's not a comedian, right. and then all of us in the uh, comedian uh, community get outraged. Well, then they go right back to a comedian. Mm -hmm. Because it's when even they worse. See how they right, song and when dance. they see how difficult <laughs> it really is. God bless James Franco, but I don't know what the heck. I mean, first of all, if you're not a comic and you're hosting the Oscars, you should probably not be on shrooms or whatever right. the fuck he was on or... or <laughs> or doing ele elephant tranquilizers <laughs> before you go on. I mean, this is insane. I don't think it's a bad idea to do some of that shit so you don't have to <laughs> really realize how much right, they're exactly. not laughing. It's a good excuse. I was like, no, it wasn't me. It was right. yeah, unfortunately, the clips will live on right. Total Tiempo, my friend. He's doing all right. <laughs> He's doing just yes. fine. He's in every film. He's in uh, everything. He's in everything. He's, He's got Kevin that Hart. North Korean thing coming up yeah. now too, right? Dude, I went and watched old basketball games. He's somehow on the team. <laughs> Kevin Hart was in four, four. I would just trailers was, at yeah, one time. I saw that. I was just at. Uh, I saw top five. Kevin Hart was in every trailer. No, everything. He, <laughs> I think he's in Jurassic Park. He is. I yeah. think he plays the, one of the little dinosaurs. I think he's a stormtrooper <laughs> in the new Star Wars. That's him in that first scene. Yes. <laughs> Do we want to discuss that real quick before we bring on the mail the talk we were having last night about uh, was it Exodus? You saw it? Oh yeah. No, no, I didn't. Um, you know, it's just that uh, you know, I, and I actually think that the the thing that precipitated Exodus though was the Aaliyah movie, the whitewashing, you know, from Hollywood mm. of black people just trying to, you know what I mean? For those of you who did not see the wonderful salute, my friend, uh, Aaliyah movie, the Aaliyah biopic, on Lifetime, right. they just try to make everybody look as white as humanly possible. Like even um, you know, I think black people are most outraged by Missy, but they just try to get everything as, as as close to white as humanly possible. And even like with the we were talking about Exodus, where they just changed the whole region of the world to white people. Right. There, I think it was two Australians who were the, the it's, lead. It's <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> Yeah, first of all, it's like we're in the '50s still, and and then they come up with the excuse, well, you know, we couldn't get the money for the movie if we don't use white people, which I think is nonsensical. You know what I mean? Because right. it's an epic story. It's not like you have a. It's not like a love story where you gotta. Yeah. You know where you. And have you know to. if Will Smith is in it, they'll get the money. 
<laughs> I, there's so many black people you could use for a story that big. Right. You know what I mean? If you're going to tell a story that big with all those effects and all that shit, it's not like people are going to be like, hmm, there's a black guy at the lead. It's, even a normal person would be like, yeah, there's black people in Africa. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? But like you're saying, last night you brought up a great point that it's the older people in the studios. Well, I was. It's some I've, old guy I've, going, but no I've, one's going to go see a bunch of blacks. I've, it really I've, is probably well, that I've, Well, I've said that on this show a number of times that I think that the gatekeepers are far more racist than the general public right and that's and Without i think that's across the board um, i was telling you about that example with some comedy clubs here in the city where the bookers yeah. would never book me and they would say he's urban even though i'm performing in front of all white audiences in their club yeah, yeah, yeah. the people white people when i'm on stage love me it's right. the bookers that'll be like no we got enough black people here right the, you know, and the i gate, wonder the gatekeepers are far worse than the, than the do you think at all public. because it was a biblical movie they were expecting more of a conservative audience no i think it, it? i think because they've got away with it for so long that they said uh -huh. let's do it again let's you know let's go with some more white people i think the Aaliyah thing tripped them up uh -huh. that that the social media went so ballistic over the Aaliyah thing that when the, the when the exodus dropped this time they were like really you, right. you're gonna do this again huh right you know right in our face that Aaliyah thing who would you want to play moses i mean who knows there's just so many there's well right now you're casting who do you got who do I have as Moses? I would start um, with some cheesy shit. I would go with Denzel or somebody. You got to start with somebody Denzel cheesy before you, because that way Moses you get. You, is the, is the but that terrific. way you get. He'll, he'll get his people, but, free his people. <laughs> and, and, and that way you could just imparting the Red Sea. Woo! <laughs> right, and that way you could justify. Hey, I used a big name. Right, and he's black. I was able to get the money. Like, why would you not? You know what I mean? It's like there's billions of black people you could use. But I'd start go go to the top. Go to Denzel. I'd see let that. him play Moses. I'd more likely see that than than Batman as Moses. Than is that Christian, who he is? Christian Bale. He's Moses. He's Moses. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that <man>. is hilarious. <laughs> That's hilarious. Patrick Bateman is Moses. That's that, that's but how I, I, I break but it I, down to. American Psycho is playing Moses. But exactly. it might but it might be Exodus that ends this. You know, Exodus might be the last time that people are willing to put up with the nonsensical. Let's just let's you know what I mean? It's almost like if we were watching a movie that took place in Greece and it was all black people like white people would be like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Can you imagine the out the outrage? You know what I mean? <laughs> let's do this movie in this all white region of the country. And then we're going to we're going to cast all well, black people. I'm like, sorry. Can you imagine how pissed off? It's still going. I'm here to break some news. <laughs> I just talked to my people in Hollywood. The Louis uh, Farrakhan story. <laughs> Seth Rogen will be Seth playing Rogen. Minister we'll be playing. Farrakhan. <laughs> I wouldn't put. I don't. You know. I wouldn't put it past them before. I think that this Exodus thing is really gonna. It's really gonna make people think. The and I think it was all precipitated by the Aaliyah story. But I mean, for those of you who have not seen, clips, right. go look at the cast of Aaliyah. A Missy Elliott, Missy Misdemeanor. Elliot looks it's like a, my mother. A, now, a, a lot of you don't know what my mom looks like, but I'll send you a picture if you want. And it's it's absolutely ridiculous it's a that joke. that is Missy Elliot. It's a joke. It, it's it's the craziest thing ever. It's a joke. All we asked for, and we had a good talk about this last night. We're going to wrap it up and get a, uh, Mark up in here, and we're going to talk about the police, baby. Um, just all we want is people, give us the best people in the room. Mm -hmm. That's all I want. I don't care. G give it, like, like, we're talking about, like, with fiction. People get... Um, up in arms when they take like a comic book and they reboot it and it's a black character and it wasn't. Or I was hanging out with some people the other day. These girls at their show were hanging out and this one girl's outraged that Annie is a black girl and it's like, well, that's not what the character is. The character can be anything. It can, the character's not real. It's a re yes. <laughs> it's real. a reboot. It's a retelling in modern times and in modern times now, there's more diversity. Right. 
and 30, 40 years ago when things initially came out, like we're talking about Marvel Comics last night, there's a, re like we were saying, it, uh, Marvel and Disney's probably gonna get Spider-Man again, it looks like, after that Sony thing. And I said, if Peter Parker's black, that'd be, that'd be awesome. I think it's a smart move and be an awesome thing. I don't think they're going to, but I'm like, he, the, one it's, of the reasons why he wasn't black years ago is because they couldn't do that. Right. No one was gonna allow that to happen. There was I say go with wasn't it. there talks of uh, Donald Glover being Spider-Man? That would be fun. From community. That'd be interesting. Yeah, he um he I th he brought that up actually during his uh, special. We were also talking about like how some of the um some of the fictional films have, you know, what some some you know some black people were pissed off about. Oh, that seems like it's racist because the character seems black. I don't really have a problem with that. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, we talked about this because I'm one of those who's outraged at uh, Star Wars how their aliens have ethnicity. Right. And I even pulled this off last night with the booze <laughs> in me still at, at, uh, after our spots were hanging out. Uh, it's me and Ruben. Remember Ruben from the Insomnia episode? My yeah. dear friend Ruben. And with Phantom Menace, they have aliens that look like pieces of sushi, right? And Phantom Menace of Star Wars. And they speak, ja like they're talking like Japanese people. Yeah. Oh, Mr. Jedi. And so I pull out a picture <laughs> of the people from the Trade it's Federation true. and a piece of sushi, and I silenced everyone. I go, here's, here's clip one, here's clip two. Right. Tell me, is this not, it, they look like sushi, and they're, oh, Count yeah. Dooku. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is insane. <laughs> But no, see, but I don't, that doesn't, like, when they, when they have the black George Jar Jar Binks is, is right. sounding, Because, because oh, here's the thing, here's like the thing. Like a Calypso singer? Some shit is stereotypical, but some shit is like, you know what? Some black people do sound like you can't, you know what I mean? I don't know. I don't think it should go the other way either. Like, I don't have a problem with that. I do have a problem when you, when you just keep making these movies that just change a whole region of Earth. Right. into some, and, 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 and you're basing it on a historical... Um, um, well, yeah, well, a historical incident like that to me, that's, that's just, debatable. That's just, it's not the 50s. Like, come on. Well, there's enough black people to, to cast. Oh, we couldn't get them. You could get the money, you know, and at least have the balls to say, look, I want to see white people. Well, right. I got a more breaking news. Um, they're flipping it the other way. Frank Sinatra's story, Blair Underwood will be playing <laughs> Frank Sinatra. It's going to be great. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine the outrage? The Italians would be throwing things out of the window. Can you imagine that? There would be riots in the street from Italians. Can you imagine what that? What the fuck is this? Can you imagine the, the, the protests at the box when that opened up? Can you imagine? They would, they would lose it. Uh, An all-black Schindler's List. Can you imagine? <laughs> we're we're going to do the black version of Schindler's What? Jewish people would burn theaters down. Can you imagine? Like, come on, man. Stop with the bullshit. We're, we're, we're going to do the black edition of Schindler's List. I don't List. know if Jews would mind. I think there will be some pride there. Right? It would be like, uh, it would be called uh, Shin Lizzie. <laughs> Shin Lizzie's List. Oh, Can I you imagine that. that one? You're a national treasure. <laughs> All like, right. Like like the Wiz version of the Wizard right, of Oz. Exactly the Wiz. Yeah. Jewish, He's on Jewish down the road. People, Jewish people would be heated. Oh my God. Think about <laughs> the horrible jokes we could do right Serious? now. Serious. We're gonna have black 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 Germans and black Jews. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's do that movie because we couldn't get any money to do something else. That'll never imagine that happening. Right. Well, I think that's the uh, name of my first book, Black Germans, Black Jews. <laughs> I think it's a catchy title. All right. We're going to bring it back to man. It's time to take a diabetes break. Um, we're bringing it on, man. Let's have some fun. Well, wait a minute. How are we going to have fun? We have a serious talk. Never mind. We had our... No Whatever. Fun. We're still going to figure it the fuck out. We'll see you in a second. Let's go.
not juice isn't funny though. What do you mean? Juice, it's not. A, you'll be aggressive. That'll you're be gonna, great. You're gonna get heckled. You're gonna shut the fuck up. Like you instead of instead of being like laughing your way out of it, yo, I'll fucking rip your head off right now. It's like you're on stage, you know. It would be like that scene in American Psycho. What? What happened? Oh, sorry, man. The steroids. Right. Uh, yeah, you're gonna lose your. Can run. you can you tell when somebody's on it? Uh, some people, yeah. I mean, some people they you know they're just so horrible. Like put it this way, I've been surprised that there's been people at the gym. That were on steroids, but didn't look like that. I'm like, what the fuck kind of? It's like watching a fat person on crack. It's like, what kind of crack are they smoking? You know that joke? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's like sometimes this guy's in the gym and they're juicing, and he like they don't even look like. <laughs> what kind of what, shit they have are you spaghetti doing? Arms? They just they don't know how to lift and they don't know how to eat. You know, but whatever they are at that point, they're way better than they were before. Right. You know. Because I was I was always wondering about that. Because you know, like if there, if if there are certain drugs you don't do, you can't tell. But once you start using a drug, you can spot it instantly. Yeah. Once I started using coke, I was like, oh, that's what this motherfucker. Was. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I, no, like put it this way: if there's somebody in shape, I can tell whether on whether they're on on you know juiced or not. Okay. I can just tell by looking at your body when you take your shirt. I could just tell. There's a certain amount of size that you have. That you can gain, that you can attain naturally, and there's a certain that you just went past it. Well, every time I see you now, wow. in the next six months, I'm just I'm not I'm not going to tell you what I'm doing or not. I'm right. Just take the shirt off, and you we're going to play a game, juicing or not juicing. Now you wouldn't even have to take your shirt off. I could just tell by looking at you with your shirt on. <laughs> I just think it was funny. Over the phone. I prefer that you didn't take your shirt off. <laughs> How Over dare you, sir? <laughs> Keep your shirt on. I'm handsome. Keep your shirt off. Keep your shirt on. That's the voice of the great Mark DeMeo, everybody, my dear friend. What's up, everybody? 20-year veteran of the NYPD, yeah, was former it? detective. Yes, I was a New York City cop for 20 years. I retired two years ago. And now, with everything going on in Staten Island, Ferguson, you have been... I, I, you, like, how many podcasts are you scheduled for in the next like week? A I've been busy, I, because I have an opinion. That, put it this way. When I retired, I wanted to live in a bubble. And then, uh, you know, I started, I, brought, I started writing a blog that turned into a one-man show, and it was all about cop stuff. And now I wasn't living in the bubble. I was actually posting opinions and ideas and stuff like that. So obviously, uh, when, you know, when you attract a certain amount of people towards it and you're being honest, you got to be honest all the way. So um, I had opinions on what was going on in Ferguson and what was going on over here in Staten Island. And uh, then, I don't know, I just, uh, I guess it struck, uh, some people are interested in what, you know, my opinion. Well, this is very fascinating. And when I met Mark years ago, when I moved down here, and I'm doing shows with him, and I really didn't know you for nothing. I just knew you that tall dude who worked. Tall, handsome guy, right? Yeah, handsome. I'm like, hopefully I can see him with his shirt off, and I can tell if he's uh, <laughs> juicing. on juice or not. He's on juice or not. Um, I remember one day we, we did a really bad gig in, in uh, Times Square, horrible crowd, and I just remember you're drinking some whiskey, and you look down on me, and you go, man, people have no idea things I want to talk about. Now, you were still a cop then, but you yeah. couldn't talk about being a cop. And you well, really I, wanted to talk about that stuff. And I, I chose not to. I yeah. chose, I made a choice not to. The job has a lot of power over you. And I chose not to, um, you know. What does just, that mean? What does it mean? It has a lot of power over you. Well, for example, if you're going to work off duty employment, you've got to submit a form. So I was in Screen Actors Guild and AFTRA, so I could submit a, you know, my, my acting form. Right. And they could say, reject it or let me do it. Uh-huh. So I was lucky that they did. And under that umbrella, I was kind of sort of doing stand-up. So and like then, and w with doing stand-up, um, at some point, somebody could have said to me, a boss or something, hey, I don't want you doing that no more. And then that's it. You can't do it no more. Uh -huh. They reject you off-duty employment. Wow. 
So uh, that's why Mark DeMeo instead of Mayo Sanchez, which is my real name, and, uh, you know, talking about certain things and staying away from other things just because, you know, I didn't want to raise the attention of the job. Has it ever come close to being an issue that someone heard a bit you did or anything It actually like worked the opposite. It worked towards my favor. Little by little, some cops started finding out that I was a stand-up, and then they would pass some DVDs along until one point it reached a boss at some place I wanted to work, and next thing you know, and I had the best hours that I, I wanted to for comedy. Uh -huh. I had the steady weekends off for comedy, and it was all off of oh, nice. comedy. So the job was go. very, very, very supportive. I got lucky, but if if I'm a dick or you know somebody that you, they don't like you, it could work the other way too. Right. But I was lucky that you know I I was a good person, I guess, and I got lucky and I made I did my twenty. I was able to do comedy the whole time mostly. And then when you stopped being a cop, did it, your your material change? Yeah, absolutely. I just started talking about what Mad Dog brought up, James okay, talked baby. up uh, brought up that uh, you know I there was a lot of things I wanted to say. I wanted to talk about being a cop. I wanted to talk about. Um, what was going on in the news, even if it was politics, you know, I'm I'm a comic, I'm opinionated, right. so I want, and now I can do all that stuff. Do you know if any of the old cops have heard it after in the past two years? Absolutely, any I have feedback? A one man, yeah, I have a one man show that I do off Broadway. I have a pod, uh, not a podcast, I have a web series called PO'd. I write an article called Back in the Day. I do a lot of cop stories, and I post them on you know all the cop sites and social media. So there's a lot of cops who are aware. A lot of cops come and see the one man show. For the most part, I haven't had one negative review. There from you the, go. All the cops love it. Now, do you feel like you're a voice for the police department? Um, I'm a voice for, you know, my interpretation, you know, like what I went through on the police department. Everybody's career is different. You know, this is the way I saw it. I can't speak for the department on a whole. You know what I'm saying? I could speak for what, what I observed and what I went through being a cop. And what brought you... Was that what you always wanted to be in your youth? Were you one of those dudes who dreamed of being a cop? What, what brought you into the NYPD? It was nothing in me that wanted to be. I, it wasn't that I had a derogatory thing one way or the other. I just never thought of being a cop. And then I'm like, you know, like you're in your fourth year at Queensborough Community College. You know what I'm saying? It's like at some point. Four year at the community college. Yeah, at some point, you know, like, what am I going to do, man? You got to take all the city tests. And before you right. know it, cop looks like a reasonable job, man. You know, it's 20 years. You retire. You're going to get full benefits. They're going to give you a gun. It's freaking awesome. Was that a, a turn on? Not a no, turn actually, on, I'm not a big gun buff at all. As a matter of fact, I, you know, I, I never, I hated carrying a gun, man. I, uh -huh. I, uh, I never carried off duty, really. The NYPD has this thing that if you plan on consuming alcohol, you, sh you should probably not drink when you're off duty. And I was always planning on con consuming <laughs> alcohol, so I, didn't, I never carried so off duty. You didn't duty. carry off duty. Um, did you ever have to pull your gun? I've, pull, I've pulled it, broken leather, that's what they call it. I've broken leather on a number of occasions, but I, thank God I never had to shoot anybody. I never tell people that, though. You mm. know, you, you, everybody's anti-gun, anti-gun, anti-gun. As soon as they have an opportunity to talk to a cop at a party, first thing they want to know is, hey, man, did you ever shoot anybody? And if you didn't ever shoot anybody, you, you just became the most boring person in the room. Right. Like, when you go, no, I never shot anybody, people just walk away. Mid-sent, mid no, they just leave. Like, what kind of cop were you? 20 years, you never shot anybody? It's a anybody? good way to get out of a shitty conversation. No, hey, just never shot anyone so get I in my just, face. So I just, you know, what I, you know what I do? I just, because I, I can't lie. I didn't want to create a story like I blew somebody's head off just to entertain. So now I tell them, you know what? I'd rather not talk about it. There you go. And that brings up a little Ooh. curiosity. Then I'm yeah. like, can we just that switch add, subjects? That some mystique. Yeah, you don't yeah. want yeah. to know. It's still mysterious. Some mystique. Well, that's cool. because of movies and television. Like, you see a cop movie, two hours. Right. Guy's pulling out his gun 37 times. He's got 200 bullets. Most cops go their whole career, right? Statistically, what's the percentage of, of cops who actually have to... 
to pull the yeah, trigger. I, really, I think I don't know the exact percentage, but it's really, really low. The opportunity to use your firearm, you never want to anyway. At least I never wanted to. Um, it's Once in a while you work in a command and there might be a guy there that shot somebody, mm -hmm. you know, or two, you know. Somebody might actually kill somebody. It's rare. It's, it's not as many as you think. It's very right. low. It's insane. But you watch, you watch fiction. Who would have thought? It's like. So that's why people at parties are thinking that you're going on stakeouts like you're Steve McQueen and shit. Well, we did stay, you know, we did all that other. You just don't really shoot people that often, right? You know, thank <laughs> God, thank God. Now, with everything going on, with Eric Gardner, all that, um, you want to just let's just dive all into right. it. Let's no, listen, it's fine. I've been talking about there. this all the time anyway, and the, the truth is, this is the way I feel. Okay. And it's subject to change at any time because I'm not one of these people that's so uh, caught up into the, like, I don't have an agenda, really. I thought they got um, Ferguson right, and I'll tell you why. Uh, it's because most of my opinions are based off the initial video that I watched. And in Ferguson, what I saw there, uh, and I know some liberal media called it a shoplifting. I'm talking about uh, Michael Brown robbing. I, we call it a robbery in New York. When if I investigated robberies for five years in Harlem. Okay, in New York City, and they call it in Missouri, they call it a stealing. In New York, that video that I watch, if I'm working in the squat, it's a robbery. Why? Because he forcibly, he forcibly removed the items from the store. Um, at first, it was a shoplifting when he took the cigars, and then on the way out, when he pushes the owner out of the way, that's a robbery. So uh, Darren Wilson, the police officer there, he was responding to a robbery. So anything, uh, the whole chain of events that happened after that that we don't have a video on, um, initially, I had based it off of my Darren Wilson testimony, what I heard in the media, because that's all I have. I don't have privy to any other information. I thought they nailed Ferguson. Uh, I thought they got it right. And in regards to Staten Island, that was tough, uh, you know, because I'm a smoker and I love Lucy's. <laughs> and to me, you know, and it's not even to be trivial. It's just that when you talk about things in that neighborhood of Staten Island, there's things like people who sell Lucy's, the convenience store that has the the nutcracker and all these things of when you police those areas, those are things that you might not really be busting somebody's balls over. You know what I'm saying? I would because, think not for crying because, out loud. Because, you know, that's the Lucy guy. And, you know, as a matter of fact, if I'm the cop on the beat, I'd be like, Eric, let me get two packs. Right. You know what I'm saying? And that's that's real life what I'm talking You're about. You're saying you, know? you would do that? You're saying no, I'm not saying I would do it. I'm just saying it's more natural. To, it's more natural to let that guy go. But unfortunately, we're... We're policing in a time right now where you got the pedal to the metal. 20 years of crime dropping, crime dropping, crime dropping. And at some point, look at what they did after the fact. After the fact, what does he do? He throws you a bone, the mayor. He says, oh, listen, 25 grams or less of marijuana, we won't lock you up. Hopefully this will make you happy. It's like, really? So why the fuck were you on top of us? Stop, you know, because there's right. the marijuana arrest and a lot of these things are like, basically, if crime is down, take your foot off the pedal and chill, man. Cruise, man. Start becoming, you know, a different type of police department. Somebody that's uh -huh. not on your freaking throat all day. So you, are you saying that what happened is because the, the from the mayor, it, they want to still correct? Because when people right. say Giuliani cleaned years. up the city. It was 20 years of pedal so to the So it's the, the pressure metal. from... That incident right there, it wasn't an accident, man. That was, to me, that was like an explosion, man. That was like something that was bound to happen at some time. Because what you had is you get constantly with the aggressive policing and constantly with getting fucked with. And at some point, it just, it just popped. You know, mm -hmm. because, you know, to me, my, you know, you become mayor and you, you, everything's on your back as far as keeping... Um, the crime down. You don't want to be the mayor that 
that the crime rises, especially if you're coming in, you know, uh, as a, as a Democrat and things like that, and 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 may, maybe a little bit more liberal. What does yeah. he do? Does he hire within the department? The other, the next guy who was supposed to be chief was supposed to probably be. If you're gonna hire within the department, maybe it was that guy Banks. Maybe it was the Latin guy. Now he's uh, drawing the blank in my head. Pinero. Those are two people that you could have been picked to be the the police commissioner. Instead, they went right back to Bratton, who is you know the guy from the the broken windows theory. So, which is constantly attacking small crime. Yeah, and that started just so people don't know. Started years ago with Giuliani. Uh, he took over. Crime was really bad. Uh, towards the end of Koch, and with Dinkins, Dinkins took the uh, the blunt of the. Oh, the city's gone to shit. Crimes out of control. And Giuliani started having, you know, your uh, jaywalk. No, no, jaywalk, but like, what? Uh, Whatever. Jumping on the subway without paying. Right. You go to jail, and the, the, any uh, small crime because those people <clears throat> will also do the bigger crimes. Touches. That's it's where called it touches. You want to get as many touches as possible. How many times did we touch this guy? How many times? Did we, and all you're doing basically is you're creating data. Every time there's a stop, question, and frisk report that goes in the computer, we might have a new address on this particular person if we ever need him on a future date. Um, and you think that's effective? or It's definitely effective policing, but at the same time, it's how many touches. It's how many times you're being touched by the police. And that becomes an annoyance, especially when the touches, like the crime goes down. So who are you stopping at 2 o'clock in the morning? Why is he out at 2 o'clock in the morning? Let's talk to him. Mm-hmm. You know, and this is just a guy who happened to go out for a beer or some milk for whatever, and it just becomes it's an it's overbearing. Right. It's overbearing. It's a boiling it, point. Exactly, exactly. And it's it, it's like you had an opportunity to maybe get somebody, I don't know if Pinero or Banks who had the pulse, the touch of the the feel of the city, but they might have been able to step in and be like, Listen, why don't we just chill? Well let's go we're, we're gonna go, we're gonna guide it in a different direction. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the type of uh this is what happens incidents like this and it's it's not only here it's it's you know uh, look at what's going on throughout the country right now everybody's feeling uh, i went to the town hall meeting black lives matter um I was at the creek in the cave yeah at the creek in the cave it's a you huge know, event rebecca trent was great enough to to provide that uh her theater there and i went um ted alexandro who i, th- I consider a brilliant comedian and um and a friend and a good person. I always like to be around good people. I hope it makes me better. John was there. John Laster was there. When I saw him there, I was really, really happy. Um, but I went there, and I knew I was going to get beat up. And I knew I was going to be... It's like It was like, to, to explain it to somebody, it's like being a Philadelphia, uh, Philadelphia Eagles fan in a room full of Cowboys fans. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you knew I was, was going to get beat up. But the thing is, what I wanted to do was, I wanted to put a face. So uh, just... Because I'm true blue all the way. I have two families, my cop family, three, my family, my, my comedian family, and I got my brothers and sisters in blue. And I'm true to every single one of them. But I wanted to sit there and be able to explain our side, even though I was going to take a beating. And also, maybe if people see a face to the cop and know that not every cop, some cops are uh, cool, that they're, they're good, that when they're out there yelling, that they may not get, you know, they may, not, they may see a face and attach it to that. So I wanted to maybe take a hit for... The guys that are out there working and say, "All right, now beat me up, man. <coughs> you know, go after me. You know, let me hear it." Mm-hmm. And, and like I said uh, in last week's episode, I was downstairs for the most part doing my right. uh, very heavy Guns N' Roses podcast, <laughs> and I would go up and or I'd leave the room for a second for a break, go to the bathroom, and I would hear people go, "Man, so and so went at the mayo. So the mayo and the, the, the John." Uh, and it's weird because 
I mean, we well, well, I, I, I thought. And that, you were there. You're speaking my John. Whatever. Yeah, no, I thought that I, I thought that me and me and Mark go way back. You know, first of all, we've been friends for 10, 15 years. So, um, you know what I mean. I, 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 nothing that I said to Mark was personal about Mark. Well, I no, did I tell? I didn't take it any of it. Right. right. I know with other people but, there but, was, but, and well, I, with well, the few I was, minutes I was out there, saw people I was, yelling I was, at Mark. I was, ups, I was upset with. Yeah, I was not happy with people screaming at Mark from the audience I mean? as right. well. Because he was just he was actually trying to lay out how did we get to this point from a policy perspective mm-hmm. of what of what the NYPD is what their what their marching orders are essentially. Right. I was trying to explain to the people that were sitting there what that looks like to the people when they come marching. You know what I mean? Because they are going to specific neighborhoods targeting specific people. So if this guy has to go out and get touches, as a black man and a sizable black man, we're the people that- You're gonna get touched the, the most. Yes. And after a while, and if you watch the Eric Garner tape in the beginning, all he keeps saying is, please, man, not today. I'm tired of you. If you watch the video, mm-hmm. he's begging them, yeah. stop <clears throat> harassing me. I just broke up a fight. Just leave me alone today, man. I'm tired of this. Not today. And they just kept on. So when you see neighborhoods go up in flames and stuff like that, those are the people who are actually on their in their day-to-day lives being harassed. Like he said, you go going to, to, to get some milk or something at night, and he has to get some touches. He doesn't give a fuck. If you're going to a In Living Color audition, and he has to get some touches or wants to make some overtime, and two white chicks just walked in front of you in the train. Hey, you, get off the train. They just walked in between the cars, Is this something specific too. that happened to you? Yeah, of course. Like and I ended up in jail. <laughs> or, and missed the audition? What's that? And missed the audition? Yeah, I, I missed never the knew audition. This. Oh, yeah. six hundred And $600 the next day because it takes 29 hours to get through there mm-hmm. in the bullpen over nonsense. And then the judge looks at me like, yeah, man, I'm... This is what the judge said to me. Yeah, man, I'm sorry. This, I, this nonsense. The judge was pissed off because there's... there's and the whole cell is filled with... A bunch of guys that they went down to the train station to sweep. All the black guys were in there for the same thing. One guy in the corner waiting to go upstate. He did something serious, didn't say anything. <laughs> he did. He was, he was quiet. Those and are we, the ones, right? Because still water just, runs deep, just right? Just staring both he, people he, down. He really did something. The rest of us were in there for ticky-tack train. Some, uh, some guy, with the guy sitting next to me said, man, they said I jumped a turnstile. I didn't. They arrested him anyway. Deal with it later. Was this the middle of the day you're going to an audition? No, this is in the evening, on Friday evenings when they need their touches. They didn't get enough numbers, oh, so they come fuck with us. I remember that that was going to be a, a the And I turned lounge. it into a joke. The, 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 the yeah, joke, yeah, yeah. 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 It, it was the, the actual reason that I ended up in jail when I say sitting in the park after dark, it was for walking in between the train cars. But all of the black guys were in there for the same reason. They need their touches. It's not some, some esoteric idea. This right. is what they do. So I'm saying I, I was trying to explain at the creek how that affects people. You know what I mean? The two white guys were in there for selling to an undercover. They were in there for a real reason. Yeah. There was one black guy in there, and I don't know what he did. You don't ask people that look like that on their face. The rest of us <laughs> were in there for train violations because that's that's that Same is the thing marching with orders of the arrest. police, right? Right. In and and after a while, you get to a point where you are just like, I hate these motherfuckers, and or you end up like Eric Garner, who was trying to be civil, saying. Please, man, not today. I'm just minding my business. You know what I mean? Or, or, or the, the, you know, even in the case in Ferguson, where they, where, where, you know, people just can't wrap their heads around the fact that this guy, this guy pulls up to him, the, the, the cop that, that they keep saying was, was acting on this burglary charge. The, the cop, Darren, whatever his fucking name is, he said when they first 
interviewed him. Right. He knew nothing about the robbery. Right. It's he nonsense. He told him to get on the sidewalk. The block. video they leaked so that people would get this awful picture of him. He didn't know anything about He didn't pull up and say, hey, I heard that you guys robbed a store. Right. Get down on the ground. That's not what he pulled up and said. He said, get the fuck out the street. Right. He was harassing them for walking in the middle of the street. Touches. He went down to the same neighborhood, same neighborhood I grew up in, where we were stopped by the police. It's it's un, it's un, it's incalculable how many times I've been stopped by the police and laid down in the street. I remember one time this goddamn double cop, digits at least. Don't you don't you don't understand, bro? It's triple digits. <laughs> it's not double. A hundred times. I've been stopped by the cops way over a hundred times. A black man times. in his thirties. Way times. way over a hundred. Do you times. think that's average? I'm asking you both. Do you think that's uh, a common for a guy living in major metropolitan cities. Everyone's been stopped by every black man that lives in the hood has been stopped by the cops triple digits. Everyone, there's none of us. There are no black men that haven't been stopped by the cops. It's it, you don't even. That's what mm -hmm. I'm saying. And that's why I was trying to explain to people who just have no picture in their head. The solution that I asked for, Mark will tell you, at the end of the day was body cameras because if you don't live in these areas and you're not the one experiencing these touches you wouldn't believe it until you saw it the only reason that the eric garner case is national news white people actually got a glimpse for the well, first time here's the thing what i want to disagree with you on body cameras and you got to hear me out when i s just hear me to the end see body cameras sound like a solution now but my idea towards getting back to a better place in policing is trying to get, we mentioned the numbers game before, and getting away from these uh, these activity goals and quotas and everything, and let's, co let's cops use their discretion. Because Eric Garner shouldn't have been the collar. In reality, in real life, Eric Garner should have been the guy that you know from the street that, God forbid, something pops off, you can call Eric on. Because Eric Garner is the type, because you got to look at the Eric Garner incidents in two ways. Two things happen. Either the community board told the CEO of the, of the precinct, do me a favor, get rid of this guy because there's a merchant complaining he's selling uh, cigarettes in front of the place. Or the, uh, the cop, uh, the guy who owns the store actually told the cop on his beat, he says, listen, come over here, man. I take care of you. You guys come in here. I look out for you. Can you, can you get rid of this guy because he's selling the cigarettes in front of the store? So either one meeting happened or another meeting. Either the, it was a meeting from the CEO or it was a meeting from the owner directly to the cop asking him to do him a favor because, you know, he takes care of him, whatever. Whatever meeting that was, Eric Garner was asked to move. Right. You know what I'm saying? Now, if you know Eric Garner from the street, and, it's, you know, you could basically tell Eric, I don't give a fuck where you sell these cigarettes. Just get out of the front of this store. Right. right. But there's no communication like that anymore. Well, Mark, there's I, no think, I think you're talking about how to improve policing in general. I'm well, talking about but these. But the, this is why body cameras don't work. Because you take away the discretion from the police officer. Right. You're drinking a beer. I'm going to give you the simplest thing. Even though beer should never be written a summons. But now I have a body camera on me. And if you ever watch the cop testify, let's say, in traffic court, on a red light, it's a script, uh, you know, and you just you, you just fill in the time, the date, and everything else. Now, when I'm going to approach you in the future, I'm going to have a script, and before I approach you, I'm going to talk into the little fuck, the mic, whatever, right. and I'm going to say I'm approaching this male black. He's got a uh, a, a sweatshirt on for drinking an alcoholic beverage, what I believe to be an alcoholic beverage, uh, in public. Right. So I'm going to walk up to you and I'll be like, sir, I'm I'm police officer Sanchez. Um, I suspect that you're having an alcoholic beverage. Um, uh, I need to see your ID because I'm going to write you a summons. Right. 
where is the where I can't no longer say, hey, take a walk, get the fuck out of here. No I, that, you know what? You lose I, you know all what? of that. You know what? You're gonna lose all well, of that. I tell you what. Any most, even smoking most, pot. Most of the dude, time, put that out of here. Get out of here. Most of the time they walk up on me, I get a summons. So I'd rather the camera be on. All right, but then I get some. I get summons too. for sitting in the park. Every, I get summons for peeing on the side of a car. I got summons for about walking this between train cars. I'll take it. Well, how about this incident? Me, right from the top me, of the beginning, and, and run the camera so that Watch. when you throw my ID at me, or there's a bunch of other people doing. But or, all or, that's or, good. I'm telling you, for the most part, and, anybody and, with and, a half a brain and, is and, not going to do that anymore. Well, no, yo, it, it, that's my point. Because and, we practice it. We practice it. You guys don't get. In addition to that, the most important thing, because some of the knickknack shit, whatever, whatever. But in most importantly. The big shit that happens, like when you have a guy getting choked out or you have the situation in Ferguson where this guy jumps out of a car while two people are running away from him and lets 12 shots loose in the neighborhood in the middle of the day. I want that on camera so that people can actually see with his hands up and he claims the guy's hands weren't up. Everyone that saw the goddamn thing says his hands up. I want that on video so that people can understand and, and and they don't put. But the Eric Garner thing and, was and, and, on video. And, it didn't help. That's insane. No, wait a minute. Wait a minute. But but someone said that at, at the Creek in the Cave, it did help because if it wasn't for that camera, we wouldn't be talking about this. You know what it would be? It would be another Ferguson where they just said, "Oh no, this big." But it was guy. another Ferguson. No, 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 no. No, Ferguson, John's right. Ferguson. Listen to what John's saying. This has helped the conversation start at least. Thank you. Yeah. And, well, and there yeah. would not have been these rallies across the country if it wasn't for that camera. There was an incident in Creek. Correct. There was an incident in right. The in, whole country's in, marching in because of that camera. Right. So the, so, the, so the camera helped. The twelve-year-old in Cleveland, right? Also video. Also video. But you know what the, the you know what the chief of police said before he knew the video was there. He said our officers got out the car and asked him to put the gun down. Told him to put the gun down, and then he turned the gun on him. You know how long that incident took? It was a sec. He jumped out of the car shooting. Seconds. There was no time. You're flat out lying. Now, if that camera's not there, right? We're in a whole different situation. I don't give a fuck if you got a bunch of yahoos on the force. But I let's videotape it. And you know what else that frees up? That frees up the good guys like Mark to stop having to defend the yahoos. Mm -hmm. Because we can watch the yahoo ourselves, and everybody can say, well, what do you think? But about what do you think about Mark's point of no, that? They can't no, be listen, just what, regular what people saying, anymore. What John's saying is brilliant. I mean, you're looking at you're looking at the back, the big picture, and I totally agree with. You. I'm looking at just like little incidents from day to day life. I'm looking at, you know, I show up at an incident, right. and you tell me that guy robbed me, and then you know my body turns where my torso is, and then you see me, you're my suspect, and you just take off, and then there's me chasing after you, and there's me going over the radio, Central 1013, 1013. I gotta do, you know what I'm saying? And now I catch him, and, I, and I'm trying to struggle with him, and everything, you all hear them, and you see the guy fighting back, fighting, fighting back, and finally another cop goes up. That whole thing where the, the person shows up and just starts recording right from that point on where we got him on the floor, right. it doesn't matter anymore because now we see you telling right. me, yeah. we see this guy running and that's away. that's good for both of us. Yeah, it is good for both of us, but I'm just saying. It, it, Why wouldn't you want that? Well, a lot of people fighting for the body cameras don't understand the whole picture, what's going to happen. I do. Because now the person who's sitting here to my left, who is my friend, who is cannot believe that I've been stopped <laughs> over a hundred times, will now well, get a no. glimpse. He'll get a glimpse into what it's like to be me. And then people, just like we had with this last incident um, that happened in Staten Island, people can respond to something that we all saw. It won't be this unbelievable thing anymore. When you see a guy get out of a car and let off twelve shots 
at a guy who we had no idea robbed that store. He's a fucking liar. He told them, get the fuck out the street. It had nothing to do with the robbery. So the I'll, way that I, people keep bringing that into the narrative is well, nonsense. It was over guys walking in the middle of the street that he let 12 shots I, go I'll be honest in with the you, middle of the day. I remember the when the story unfolded, and at first there was that statement that he didn't know what was going on. He and then, said, it changed, then the that. statement changed. He said that well, in, whoever in, even, said even it. when he was in court, he said, what was the first thing you said to them? He said, I asked them to walk. Right, get the out curb. the street. Yeah, he didn't right. say the first thing he said was, I know you guys robbed the store, mm -hmm. get down. That's not what he, yeah, even I, his, I own, his own account doesn't make sense. I'd have sense. to look at the statement. And I agree, the one thing I can agree with you on is I remember initially the statement, the chief saying, whoever the person that was the spokesman for that department initially saying, if I believe to be correct, he said that the stop initially was not for the robbery. And right. then all of a sudden, it became for that, the robbery. That changed. Right, right. And after you they know, leaked the video. And then you know what I watched? I watched um, with a body camera. I saw with a body camera, though, we wouldn't yeah, have that course, problem. Yeah, of course, obviously. Yeah, of course, we would know exactly. Do what you happened. think though that even if he did stop them for the robbery, that he should have been shooting them? No, 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 no. You see, because you know, at first you that, said that, they, well, they did it right. What you're asking me right now, you have to think about. Well, that's not the question. Doesn't make sense with justifying the shooting. You have to take the whole incident as it escalates. I took with uh, what I, the transcript or what I, what I heard from Darren Wilson, the officer, and I took from what his co-defendant in the robbery would have been if he didn't get murdered, and the, the, the guy Damien. And then I kind of sort of put the, the story together, which you know you do in your mind when you have both sides of the story. And initial, I think initially what happened was um, he told him to get the fuck up on the sidewalk. Because mm -hmm. if you're from Missouri, and let's just say, see, I believe he knew about the robbery. Okay. I believe oh, okay. that he was on a job. This is what I believe. I oh. believe he was on the job, heard the robbery call come over, got rid of this job real quick, and started heading over to the, the direction. I believe that he saw what he believed was to be two, the two suspects, one of them carrying the cigars in his hand. They both explained how the cigars, Damien and the officer, went from Michael Brown's hand into the other Damien's right, hand. Right. I believe uh, at this point, Damien took off. So that's when the reversal of the car comes up. That's based off a of Damien's statement, and he blocks them in. And I think that he was trying to stop one of them at least, grab it. And I think mm -hmm. he grabbed the hold of Michael Brown, and right. then the, the struggle ensued. That's the tussle, right in the, the tussle, car. The tussle, right. the pulling, the right. tugging, in back the and forth. And Michael Brown trying said. to run away, take right. off. He's still in the car, and I, I believe it, it was at that point where he, that's when he reached for his firearm. Maybe there was a punch thrown. Maybe there was a push trying to get away from them. Finally, that hit him, whatever. And right. then that's when the, shot, the, 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 the shots were fired. But well, first well, shot. well the fr it had to be the first Some of them, the some of them, the initial shots. Right. That's that's what I envisioned in my well, he head. He said I think he was, that, some, that somewhere he was going for his gun was also in there. I don't see I don't know how the maybe maybe after the first shot, you know, I don't really I can't right. see that it's and then hard he for me to like starts running I'm away, gonna, he gets I'm out of the gonna, car. Here's, here's how I see I'm gonna it. Side, this, is, this is what the I'm cops side what the cops do. This is this how I see it from my perspective. They come down, right? He's looking to fuck with somebody. Guy says get the fuck out the street. They kind of say, fuck you. Right. He, he gets pissed off. Right. How dare you fucking say, fuck me. So he puts the car in reverse. Everyone says he almost hit them. Mm -hmm. Literally, he almost backed up into them. So he, he, he sticks Which his hand out the window. Which could be blocking you. He sticks it right. Same, okay, same situation. He sticks his hand out the window. He gets a hold of Mike Brown. Mike Brown is trying to get the fuck away because they want to run. The guy pulls his gun. The first shot goes off. Mike takes off running. He jumps out the car. The first shot goes off. Now Mike is scared, turns around with his hands up. I didn't know this motherfucker was going to be shooting. Mm -hmm. Turns around with his hands up, and he just keeps fucking shooting. 
Mm-hmm. And I, you the, know guy dro- I, the guy drops down after he gets hit, and he just keeps shooting. That's where the two shots go into his head, and everybody's freaked the fuck out. Right. Like, did he just shoot this guy in the head? Even, even if he thought all of that was happening, what was the purpose of shooting a guy that is 40 feet away? That's a four-story building away from you. Right. This guy posed no threat. And you know what this son of a bitch said? And everybody sat there and said, oh, maybe that happened. He was, he was reached. Everyone said that saw it. He had his hands up, right? The cop says, Darren said he had his, he was going for his waist. What fucking person would ever think that a human being was going for their waist with basketball shorts on? <laughs> basketball shorts. Since when did basketball shorts supported the weight of a gun? No one in, that doesn't even make any rational sense to anyone in their right mind that a guy with basketball shorts it's happened hard. to also have a gun with a t-shirt heat. on. Now you yeah, disagree. But what about, what, no, well, that's I, nonsensical I, I, to a rational human being. That just makes no fucking sense. Now you can try to box it up yeah, 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 so John, it feels good. Yeah. John, there's parts of what you're saying that I agree with and then there's parts of it that I don't agree with. I think the story lies somewhere in the middle. I think obviously, you know, I'm trying to like listen to both sides. I think you have your 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 opinion set on the initial thing. Um, all right, it's okay if we disagree on that. But at the end of the day, I think we both agree what that we both wish these people weren't dead, and we both wish that you know well, things I, were I, better. Well, I, I I don't I don't I tell you what because I think that things like this are are, are what bring about change. What I do wish is that there are body cameras in the future so that you can see. The, sadis- the oh, sadistic I think you're gonna see. nature I, I, of I, some of these guys, so that the good cops don't have to defend them. I definitely, that way no, I agree wholeheartedly with, with what you're saying. Do you I think uh, a solution like rubber bullets or anything no, like no, no, that? No, no, no. I think tasers possible? are the wave of the future, and I think this is what's gonna happen too. Um, if I was the police commissioner, and it's gonna sound horrible at first, but listen to me, people are gonna be saved lives in arrest in, in situations. Because one of the things the mayor failed to tell people during his freaking non-indictment uh, speech was that when the police officer tells you you are under arrest, you're under arrest. The cops don't go backwards. You're gonna, there's going to be cuff placed on you. And there's a lot of young people who are still going to be stopped by police officers for whatever reason. The, quick, the sooner that they learn that if you're in a, conference, in a situation with the police officer and he says you're under arrest... You have no other. You gotta you, go. You have to I obey. I was taught that. You I, have to just, obey. Now yeah. here's. Let you me fight just, back at all. It's a human well, being. Well, not fight back. Mean, but but you no, could, but listen. Listen to what yeah. I'm saying to you because what you're teaching the young kids right now is a bad, uh, bad thing. Is that oh, it's good to re- resist, but now you, we're, we're continuing to perpetuate that. How do you eliminate that problem? You need to put people in a situation that do, like there's little cops out there. Both situations, the, 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 the suspect or whatever they, they were talking to was much larger than that. If you're not going to have a height and a weight requirement, then you need to defend your cops better. They took away one of our line of defense by giving us that stupid freaking PR-24. Cops used to have a nightstick. What is so a PR-24? Yeah, let me go. Late. Let me go. <laughs> There's a, the first line of defense is your fist. The second line of defense used to be your nightstick. The third si- line of defense used to be... Before pepper spray, it was mace, and then it was your gun. So now you take away the stick by giving us this PR-24. It was the black thing with the stupid handle there. It's a martial arts weapon that in order for you to get proficient with it, it takes you over a couple of years using it. <laughs> you go to the academy, they give you two lessons, and then it's so, you, so nobody's carrying this thing. So if you're not good with your hands, the first thing you're going to do is reach for your gun. Now, I'm six foot four, 250. I never had a, I, most of the situations I could because I'm looking eye to eye with Aragon or Michael Brown. 
when you're smaller in, in stature, you, you're going to get nervous. So if you're right. not going to hire bigger cops, then you got to give them a way to defend themselves. And when cops get out the when cops get out the car, like people always say, oh well, you know, do, do they ask you for your? When cops jump out the car when they're talking to me, their guns are out. I'm, right. I this am Eric Garner. Do. I'm this six is what four. Right, I'm but, the big black guy. As soon as but they you jump think out, that they have this. This is how you fix the. This is one. Uh, if they're smart, you're going to take the task forces in the city, and you're going to start creating arrest teams. And arrest teams are going to be basically six or eight cops who are six feet or better or are trained in martial arts. And they're going to have all the toys. They're going to have tasers. They're going to have uh, dark guns for a guy like who, I'm telling <laughs> you, it's true. They're, they're going to have, have they're going to have nets. They're going to have Hemingway out hunting. They're going to have nets. I'm telling you, they're going to have nets. It's <laughs> like the Planet of the Apes when the they age. got Charlton Heston. They're going to throw a net over you. Throw they're going to have all this stuff, and all it's going to be is they're going to stand ten feet away from you, and you're going to have the boss there who's going to stand, who's going to say. Sir, you're under arrest. Kind of like we see in those in uh, in a uh, lockup. Well, it's gonna be it's gonna be well in lockup where you have but think they about have arrest this. Teams. But no, yeah, but in arrest teams that's corrections. Right. So when you don't come out of your cell, what do they do? They go in there and they got all this padding on. Yeah. And they tackle you and they throw and you they on got the floor. The electric and shield. That's exactly. It's <laughs> exactly what's gonna happen when it's gonna be your time to go, and it's all it's all gonna be documented because it's gonna be on your body cam. Right. Sir, you are under arrest. Now, if I'm in this situation, I'm a cop in the street. If I feel like at some point we're going to arrest, I'm going to arrest you. I'm going to go over the radio. Central, could I have an arrest team here? And then six big cops are going to show up. They're going to have either the electric shield, the tasers, the guard, and they're going to give you a simple verbal command. Turn around and put your hands behind your backs. If you don't comply, there might be some guy who's versed in verbal judo, and he's going to be able to try to talk you out of it for a couple of minutes. But there's no negotiating. This isn't court. I don't care if you say I did it or I didn't. That's, this isn't the place. Mm -hmm. You are under arrest. And it's all going to be videotaped. It's all going to be documented. Right. And when it's your time to go, they're going to bum rush you. And you, you're going to be alive, but you're going to okay. be arrested. Right. Okay. I'll take that. But do you think the gun gives them almost a false confidence? Well, I can get gonna, into the this arrest guy's team face. Is never gonna, you no, in the well, past. In general. Might as, you might as well not even give the arrest team a gun. They're going to get an either. Okay. But that it, could be. But so. in the past. I'm not saying take away the guns from them. I'm just right. saying. If, in the past. The, the whole point is that, right. so there's no. Like in Ferguson, he knew he can go drive next to him and grab him because he has a gun on his waist if anything But don't forget, wrong. too, if you got a person that you suspect is going to be under arrest and you think they might have a firearm and you call the arrest team. You know they're gonna have to be prepared Michael for anything. Michael Brown is walking around with basketball shirt. He knew good and goddamn well. Yeah, that but guy look at the guy. The football was the football player. I'm thinking that guy shot himself in the yeah. leg because he had freaking sweatpants on with a gun on. Plexico. So you can't say Plexico that. Burris. Yeah, that I mean that's to, to, to say that. No, no, it's no. A, hey, first of all, the, the there's so uh, many different calibers of gun too. You could put a little one in your ass, uh, in your balls. Plus the guns are they're, they're not in your balls. So what's going on here? You saying your ass and your balls <laughs> is a gun? What, what? <laughs> Then, what the hell's going on over here these days? I'm just saying, if you want to carry a gun, the idea that you're wearing sweat shorts, first of all, a I don't lot get of my wear, NRA. Uh, they wear they wear they wear uh, sweatshirt sweat uh, basketball shorts. Then they got three pair of freaking boxes, two pair of underwears underneath. There's a lot of you know what I'm talking about. I'm just not buying it that you're, <laughs> that you're walking around with a gat with basketball shorts on. I, I'm sure there's plenty of people who do it all summer. Yeah, we can we can agree to disagree. I'm not buying it. This is what's interesting though. It's like, uh, and we got to start wrapping it up. This has been amazing, and this is these are the episodes where I just can sit back yeah. and let you guys do what you have to, and it's it's great and interesting to watch. Uh, 
Well, like I, I like I like talking with Mark because you get to see, he's going to tell you what the others you know there is a there's two sides and, to every and there story is, and that's what a lot of people are missing is that right. unfortunately mm-hmm. he has and his side is valid too these guys because are, I wouldn't want to be I wouldn't want to be these guys walking up on some fucking crazy motherfuckers every day you're, either you're leaving I the house either. and you could be right. you, it could be the last time you see your wife and kids you're right. just trying to bring home a paycheck right. and now you're in a high end situation you don't know what's going to happen and I know and some, unfortunately a lot of these people who are debating just freely just going blah 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 blah. blah Put your your put yourself in their shoes. Right. You. Most I won't the, say you're going to be completely different. Are you going to do what those dudes did in Staten Island, which was a fucking horrible thing that that happened over Lucy that we I, lost a life because of that. Right. But your head's going to be different. Can I just say something? Because this is cops losing their lives is not something new. It's not like so. Well, you know what? The cops don't get killed. Listen, there was. I was looking at something. Uh, you know, because you get the uh, the paper in your house, the PBA paper, DA. You're looking at obituaries from a cop that got killed in the line of duty from 1970, from 1967. You know, a, uh, a burglary, a cop got killed, uh, 1980. It's so cops have been ki- getting killed just as often as people have been colored. It's been something that's go- been going on for, for forever since there's been policing. Cops get killed in the line of duty. So it's not like you know, like well, one well, cop got. But I, I think that's a false equivalency, though, Mark. I mean, I, I and I'm no, not. No, it's saying, part I'm of not... the risk of the job. But right. when you said I wouldn't want to be one of these cops rolling up on somebody, what I'm telling you is that right. you're right. You don't know what every situation is going to okay. be. No, no, I, and I and and I bet you that there's a lot of times where a routine, what looks like, you know, oh, I'm just going to talk to this guy because I saw him across the street, mm-hmm. turns into something. And do you know you who gets killed the no most? Idea. They've interviewed but, cop killers in jail. There's been a study by this by the FBI. Okay, the person, the 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 the, you know, the cop that gets killed the most is the nice guy. The, they always they interview the the cop really? killer in jail, and 99% of the time when they talk to the cop killer, they says, "What was the first thing that led you into um, believing that you can get away from this cop?" And they always said he he seemed like a nice person. Mm-hmm. That was the always when the guy was squared away, sung, the aviator sunglasses where you couldn't see the guy. That's the guy that you 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 were, you were on your toes with. The guy that came over to the car, hey, how you guys doing? Sorry, I just I don't mean to bother you guys today, but you noticed that that's the guy who gets blown. And, away. and do you think that a study like that getting out now? Do you think that's affecting how cops approach their that's job? That's a study now that the cop. It? No, that's a study that cops get told when they're in the academy and <laughs> you know throughout training that you got to know. Listen. Your job is to be, you know, to enforce the law. It's not out here to make friends. Only, only thing that I mean that the, the, the reason why I said it's a false equivalency is because, you know, if, if you are retarded enough to shoot a cop, right, your ass is going to jail. You know, the only the the, the thing that people are are walking in the streets and all that shit about is when cops kill guys with no guns or oh. somebody from 40 feet away somehow they managed to get away with it over mm-hmm. cigarettes that's that's where the that's where the difference lies if if you are you kill some nice guy cop your ass is going to jail for a long time if not forever it's this cops killing unarmed people black men in particular that somehow seems to be always there was a justification for some little kid standing in the park that you shot in under 2 seconds but you told him a couple times to put the no you didn't you know, or there happened to be some reason that we'll find out in this uh, in this goddamn indictment process when we just saw a guy get choked out on on the street and no one helped him. They just let him lay there. When the paramedics came, they did nothing. Somehow that seems to be okay. So it's not the same equivalency as when a cop gets shot. Cop gets shot, your ass is going to jail. Right. And if they find you, there's not going to be some goddamn grand jury process and no indictment. That's never going to happen. 
So, you know, it's not to false equivalency, even though I am also sympathetic to, to cop. I mean, that's a tough-ass job. Right. Well, I was going to say, Mark, you, that point of the nice guys getting shot, at the beginning you said Eric Garner could have kind of been the boy for the cops and the, 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 the street guy that they could have turned to. So how do you balance like, that? Well, because you th got to become boys with them also if you want to be... I'm just talking about, like, there's this... Uh, this uh, the armored machinery that police departments are getting right now. Right. That's also something that's, you know, uh, talked about and been brought up. Um, and it's getting away from policing. We talked about different types of policing and, you know, the foot post guy and the guy that you knew from do, the do neighborhood. You know, do you know cops? I don't know. I don't. Any, it I don't does, know because any. it changed. Right. It, it changed to having to write a certain amount, having to produce a certain amount. They, you know, the, the job is like corporate in a way. Well, what, how many summonses did we get last year over here? There's right. a spike over here. There's a condition over here. Right. So you lose that, that cop that, you know, the foot post guy or the guy, the two cops that are in your sector that you can talk to, kill some time with. You know, it, it's not as, as it, you know, you don't have that relationship with them anymore. Right. So, you know, if you're in a precinct, you're in a detective squad, uh, somebody who's always getting... Uh, has touches with the cops, somebody who's always, you know, who's in the street every day. I might want to use that guy as, as a confidential informant. I might want to go to that guy when there's a shooting in the neighborhood, a more serious thing, a pattern robbery, you know, some stick-up kids. Because that guy, in order he for knows. me to look the other way on the freaking stupid cigarettes that he sells, he's going to give me who did it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right, and, and that it, doesn't happen. But that's old-fashioned Beretta type of police work where, you know, it's like, yo, man, why are you coming down on me? Take the heat off. Well, we need to know <laughs> right. who's doing these right. freaking robberies. Why are you coming down on who's, me, jab yeah. turkey? Yeah, well, <laughs> like Huggy Bear. Right, right, right. I, I think more Huggy yeah, Bear. Yeah, yeah. What's the deal, hunch? Cat Daddy? Right. Yeah. Cat Daddy's that, Can we bring back Cat Daddy? Come on, man. I had a little shooby doobie last night. <laughs> what, what are we going to do about it, Cat Daddy? <laughs> Yeah, oh. man, but that's but yeah, that's dead, man. So right. the pay, I, I I have a feeling like the police work is going in the opposite direction. You're gonna, you know, you're gonna have RoboCops out there. It's gonna be like the future. Well, that's what it is now because uh, that job, like any job, you're not going to be good at it every time. And unfortunately, this is an important job where you can, you can take lives. You have heat on your side, and I don't, and, I don't, and, I don't, and, and, and and it's unfortunately. But the only uh, human beings are flawed, and human beings are the ones who do the job. So there's going right. to be unfortunate things that happen. But what, I mean, that's what the, only the tragedy of but, it all. But the know? only thing, the only where the where the eruption came from is that every time that there is a mistake, right? In particular with black men, it's the cops are never wrong. We need accountability. How could, that's all I'm that's saying. That's the issue. That's it. That's How could you never ever be wrong? Well, the, what about Central Park? The Central Park job. I just read in the paper yesterday they were on the verge of getting forty-two million dollars after all this time, wrongful imprisonment, suing the city. Now they're suing the state. So when you say that you know the cops are never wrong, all those cops have definitely been proven. Uh, you know they've had to pay the price for being wrong, even though they they still believe a lot of them that they weren't wrong. Um, they That's still have point. paid the price, and the city has paid the price over that incident. Right. Well, because they were sued. But I'm just saying, you. Know, I mean, even when even when we were talking to Creek in the Cave, and, and I could tell that you felt some kind of way about the Eric Garner thing, but you still have a tough time, Mark, because of the culture of policing. Saying, absolutely, absolutely, and, and, yeah. And that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm giving you credit because I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, you're one of them. You're you're racist here. But every time, it, that some, doesn't even hurt people, me when you tell me that. No, I'm just saying a lot of times when people disagree because you don't see my point. Some how you have to be racist, which is bullshit. I think that it's the culture of policing that you guys, like you said, that's your family. You have a bond with these guys, so it's tough, even when you watch on video to say, 
that was fucked up. Like, even the chief of police, you would think if you saw that on video, the first thing you would do is say, you know what, that guy's off with no pay. Mm -hmm. They didn't even do that. How do you have a relationship with a community when you're never wrong? Imagine being in a relationship with somebody when I saw you fucking somebody with my own eyes, and they, then I say, well, you know what, let's do an investigation. You Wait know what? a minute. Okay, but you're saying, when you're saying the, suspend, the suspension thing... There's different protocol. Everything what you're talking about is protocol. To be the the the, the police commissioner or the mayor, they, they already you know the mayor picked a side, you know. So he's lost. There's no confidence behind the mayor and the police department in New York City. So from what happens at this point on, and you know what's funny about it, nobody even mentioned this, but in one hand, our mayor, you know, totally against the police department. And on the other hand, at the same time, they, got, they just settled what? the and contract. They're getting a they're and, getting and, a twelve percent raise. And that whole that whole that whole so it's all that bullshit. whole the mayor is totally against the police department sounds like a bunch of six year olds to me on the police department's part. Oh, because he said this because that I had to talk to my kid about police doing this in my own home. Well, then you hate all of us. That sounds like a four year old argument. Don't come to any of our funerals. Since you didn't side with a guy who got well, choked not, out in didn't broad even daylight, side. he wasn't in. He I'm wasn't in the middle. I'm telling you the way it sounds to me. Well, I'm telling it you the way like it sounds to me. He wasn't in the middle. His his thing is to be partial to the end. Plus, the police department is the people. You know, they they work for the city. So, it, so you can't, but, I, but 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 does that mean that they've never done anything side, wrong? Man. Him. Eric, does that mean that he's never that they've never done anything wrong? How dare you no, say no, that? No, I but you're not asking. You know what? You're not asking about. We're talking about what, this incident in particular. That's what I'm saying. So yeah. I'm saying, is it wrong if he said I think they were wrong in this incident? Well, to, he did to, bring to up me. race into it too. He did bring up race. You don't. And think, when you look, well, you know what? You say you don't think that the, the sergeant on the scene was a female black officer. So she's whatever she's doing, she's in charge he of that. Brought up race you can't as arrest it to Eric Garner's not getting arrested with a sergeant on the scene unless the uh, sergeant. He brought up race as it pertains to his well, son. Well, but he was well, no, but he brought he, up said, ra he brought up race. Right. He brought up race when the reality is, look at the situation. The person who he's, gave the order from the top down was the guy who just left. But he said that you have to be careful. I had to talk to my own son because he's black. That's uh -huh. why. That's where race came into it. Well, this is, listen. So is that unrealistic that he shouldn't bring that up because he has a black son? I'm not saying. Well, you, now you're talking about you're going into like deep cultural That's things why he and, and, it up. And, and the state of the country. That's why he brought race into it. Okay, okay, I, I totally get you. As but it I, I still to his have actual household. I still have a conversation with my kids about the police. I mean, and with that being said, okay, so don't talk to us and don't come to any of our funerals. Like, that's so fourth grader. -ish. But don't don't back it like you're on our side either, or like you, because you can't do I one do, without I, the other. I, I, you I can't support do the one. cops, but that doesn't mean that sometimes you don't make a mistake. I don't, I don't understand how at no point in time you guys can't say that was fucked up. How can how can you how with can you with an ongoing investigation, how, which that was that how? was, you can't have your mayor picking a side. And that's what he did. He said. He said. He, he picked the side. He basically said, "I think they fucked up." They in all this picked the side. Obama picked the side. Eric Holder I think picked the side. Fucked up in this situation. And that, what, what's what, wrong with saying that? What? That doesn't mean I'm anti-cop. That means I think this was fucked up. Well, at least wait until the investigation unfolds. Don't. Oh, okay. Don't. You shouldn't be popping off in the beginning of, because. Like we said, there's more to meet so, the eye. Exactly. So basically, your thing is don't believe your lying eyes. Wait for the investigation. No, no. My thing is that if you're an elected official, you have to stay neutral until the investigation is concluded. I mean, and to me, that sounds like the 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 the, the, the blue curtain that we're talking about. It's not. It's not That's because you're not picking like a side. You're not saying Eric Garner was wrong and Eric Garner should have. Uh, should have uh, abide by the the. Did police. it look like he got choked out in the street to Listen you? Listen to me. Yeah, uh, yeah. 
It looked like they. So they, now you're picking a side. No, but I'm just saying I'm not. I'm not the mayor. So I don't have to control the whole city. So the mayor can't I don't see have what to, he saw. Well, the mayor didn't. He didn't. He, to go the other way, because the there mayor is another. Can't can you watch the video and say that was fucked can up? Can you can you side like this also? At the same token, you can say, well, Eric Garner shouldn't have resisted arrest. Eric Garner should have put his hands behind his back and followed police orders. That could have been another statement the mayor did. And then I could see on your side where you could say, wait a minute, well, how's he? How could he side with the cops? Or he could say, this is uh, we need to change our racial values in the city. All that and the other. Right. What does that have to do with this incident? Here's 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 where your argument falls apart to me that's you, wh what you're saying to me is you know what the chick shouldn't have got drunk and been out so late no what that's i'm saying to you raped. is no, let because, the investigation because no, 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 because, okay, let them do if, a third investigation even if, even if there were things wrong up front when you when you when you when you got when you make that argument oh well he should have not resisted arrest or or uh mike brown shouldn't have took off running oh so that gives you license to my, kill him my listen if i'm the mayor if we're talking about what i'm saying during the middle it's listen, almost like all the I things that, went, that went the wrong up front led to this rape and that's okay to rape this chick because no, she no, was out I, late and had on a but just because he missed, resisted we can choke him to I, death i missed the scenario that you put together john and the point listen we're going to agree to disagree. That's I'm just saying, with that argument, you're saying that if, I'm just if you talking do something wrong the mayor's up front, then whatever happens is. to you happens to you. I'm just talking about what the mayor's responsibility to is argument. toward the city of New York under a high-pressure situation like that. And the this city is of remain, New York are the citizens of New York. To remain neutral until the investigation is concluded. Part of, part That's your keeps, job as a mayor. Part of what keeps the city of New York going up in flames is you speak you, to citizens of the city of New York catering. this happens to. You're talking it's about catering. Not everybody in New York. That your job is to remain neutral until investigation is concluded, not to side with the side when you when you still don't know all the facts. And that's happened to Obama and Eric Holder on a number of occasions. You didn't watch where they the spoke video? up too early, and then you realize, look at what happened with the Michael Brown situation. Everybody was on top of Michael Brown. Everybody was, and then all of a sudden you see the video, and they lost half their audience. What video? The video of him robbing the freaking convenience store. Now all of a sudden it's so a different means he, story. That means he it wasn't shot just, in the middle of the no, street. No, 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 no. I'm not saying that. So but what now does the all video that, have to do with him being right. shot? It adds another dimension to all the right. freaking story. It now doesn't all add this, a dimension to me because it the does. guy didn't know. To me it does. The it cop shows said me, he didn't it know. It shows me Michael Brown's character. It shows me who Michael so Brown is. So he should be is. shot in the middle of the no, street. No, no, no. Well, you're jumping to a conclusion. I didn't know who Michael Brown was. If I just looked at the beginning until I saw the video, Michael Brown was an 18-year-old kid walking down the street minding a business that got shot for no reason at all. When I watched the video, I'm like, oh shit, Michael Brown is a sticker. Kid, he's just robbing this fucking convenience store. What does that no have to do with being because shot he would have never been in a situation to be involved with cops? You don't know he, that. Well, there was I, a twelve-year-old kid put that himself got shot there. in Cleveland. He put the himself same there. Way. He All put right. himself there. And he had so a gun. Twelve-year-old kid. Kill. He had a gun. He had a toy gun. Yeah, how do you know it's a toy gun? Did you see the toy gun when you oh, rolled up on the God. scene? Oh, did you see God. the gun? Neither did the you cops. You said it took 1.7 seconds. I know. Now I disagree with that point of it, but you got to look at the whole story. It wasn't just a kid but you're, 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 you're with a toy gun. It was a kid Michael with a black Brown gun a that looked like kid. a freaking gun. All right. Well, um, Santa Claus will be making his appearance in a couple days, everybody, or if you listen to it later in the week. This is why we love the man. Um... This has been an interesting episode. Um, and here, yeah, they just shook hands, so everyone knows. This is oh, kind no, of I love. I love Mark. They I went love at John. it. And I love John. This, it's, it's this is important. It's it is important. important. It's, it's good. important. It's important to hear. That's right. Two to two different sides of the same story. My opinion keeps changing when I hear more of what he Mine says. Mine doesn't. But, but no, I, <laughs> I know. I've been, I noticed I've been that. I noticed it. But we're run in, up on too many of these. We're, yeah, we're in totally different situations. And I know how they. And I know that they always got their gun out when they run up. That's also why I always have to listen because 
I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm open to changing. I'm not 100% set. In, I'm constantly changing my opinion. A lot of it is also always going to be swayed in, in, in being a cop because I did that for 20 years. But I also, that's why in that meeting and I had a chance to listen to other people's stories, I had some insight what it's like to be, you know, situations involving cops. And mind you, most of them, I was like, wow, that's got to suck, really, John's story. And there's some of them that are like, ah, fucking, the fucking loose. Grow up, man. The fucking cops stop you for a half a second. Right, They're right. doing their job. You know what I'm saying? And they but got mad at me for saying this that, type of, this, I got in trouble for this that. This type of um, dialogue between the two parties, you know what I'm saying? And, and uh, you know. It's crucial. Sensitive, it's crucial. Sensitivity training one towards the other. That's the kind of stuff that eventually you hold bridges the gap because the government is not trying to put us together. As long as we're divided and we're conquering, they get to move their little pieces around and play with whatever they want to play. Until the cops sit down with their community and start creating a dialogue, we're always going to be at the beck and call of our elected officials. And that's what we do here on Lust for Life, baby. Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> it's a great episode before we do the year-end wrap next week. Um, Feels weird to do plugs after all that, but Mark, uh, where do people find you if you're doing your one man show? The one soon, man show is called. See you. Uh, the one man show is called Twenty and Out. I perform it uh, at the Pit, the People's Improv Theater. I have new dates coming up. You can find those on my Facebook page, which is Mark DeMayo. At Facebook, Mark DeMayo on Twitter, and uh, also MarkDeMayo.com. Thank you, my, bro my Thank brother. Thank you for having me. It was uh, it was fun, man. Love I, you. I death. learned a Thanks lot. Coming, I learned brother. a lot. I love learning. This is my boy, uh, Benj. The best of BS on Twitter. We have the promo code Lust for all our fans out there. Half off tickets to Stand Up New York. Check out all of Stand Up New York Live's podcasts. Great stuff. Spread the word, and uh, try to see things from other people's perspective. Yes. It's not easy. I think that's the hardest part of this whole thing on both sides. A lot of gray, baby. Both sides equally. It's not easy to do that. A lot of gray. Johnny Boy. You can find me at uh, blackpanther.com. HueyNewton.com. HueyNewton.com. Fuckthepolice.com. I'm starting no, a new no, website called IKillBlackPeople.com. <laughs> Exclusively. <laughs> on no, my free time. Up, it's taken. Hit me up at Real John Laster. R-E-A-L-J-O-N-L-A-S-T-E-R. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Boy. I'm always here at Stand Is there Up a New York. fake Come John Laster? Oh, yes, there is. Some wild yeah. shit. Yeah. We, yeah, we're not going to talk about his ass today. <laughs> yeah, F him. Um, James L. Matter, Instagrams, Twitter. I'm going to get a fan page on Facebook, I promise you. Also, listen to television, the podcast. Me and Chris Laker here on wonderful Stand Up New York Labs. Um, listen to Get in the Ring, a Guns N' Roses Appreciation podcast with myself and Tim Warner over at the Creek in the Caves radio. And come see us on Wednesday nights, record it live in the back room at 9 o'clock. Um, mad love to everyone here, man. Um, Super Tramp working the board, producing. Yeah, uh, yeah. producing. Minnesota Jump Battergate, producing. Yeah. Donnie, Gabe, everyone around. My aunts, my uncles, my, my step-pappy, cousins. Tim Styles, everyone contributing to the show. Um, spread love, man. Keep your keep your ears and eyes open, my people. Um, stay gold pony. Way. Yeah, it is the Brooklyn way. <laughs> Stay gold, pony boys and girls, and be who you is. Until uh, next time, y'all worth a million in prizes. Happy hol holidays. Be safe. Good night.